Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Maybe more. It has no real-time limits making their way into your ears. First, from a place called Garniston, he is the Pyramid, Red Florence! Margaret, any fiend coming out, you stick on, stick that big lead, red light bulb on for a fiend. And his partner, Fader Top End of Stevenson. Honky Tonk Man's going to take the bump for this, he's going to bump for this. I'm going to take the bump for you, I'm going to take the bump for you. <laughs> If it's the morning where you are, good morning. If it's the afternoon where you are, good afternoon. And if it's the evening where you are, good evening. And if it's the middle of the night, well, you must have some serious problems. Welcome to Wrestling Daft. My name's Rab Florence. Grado is here as well. My man, Grado, how you doing? My man, Rab Florence, what are you saying to it, mate? You were upset this week, mate. Hey, I'm oh. not on Twitter anymore, but I heard a wee, a wee birdie told me, mate, right? that you were upset about wrestling fans, about wrestling fans' reactions to a certain incident in a certain professional wrestler went over top rope to do a certain top rope manoeuvre. And what happened next was what is known uh, on the internet as a botch. Uh, can you talk us through it, Grado, and your reaction? I just think, right, it was actually Shah that put me onto it and said, look at this. He made her arse of this shooting star press, his big debut, right? He's obviously bearing the back, shaking himself. Hope I don't mess this up. Matt's a, he's a great guy, by the way. He's brand new. I've worked with him a few times and such like. But anyway. Just to clarify, Matt, Matt, Matt Just who? to clarify. Matt, Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel. Evan Bourne. Evan Bourne. He's not nice a guy. He doesn't know how to say his name. But well, I, I mean, he's brand new. He's fucking... Um, but he wasn't a brand new on Sunday night when he fell on his hoop. Um, <laughs> it was um, dangerous... Obviously, you got that, right? It is a bit of a chuckle, but I just think it's sometimes it's a bit, um, what do you call that, hypocritical of wrestling fans sometimes that they, they fucking gaff their nuts, they go bush, they go delighted when there's a botch like that. It's got so many retweets. I understand it's a, it's a big thing that happened, but, you know, these are some of the same wrestling fans that like to go on about mental health and people that, you know, fucking emotional abuse, whatever. Man, do you think how, how shit would he feel? How shit is he going to feel? He knows he's made an absolute asset, man. He's made an absolute asset. He's going to be sitting in the back, redneck. The stuff I saw him tagged in, man, unacceptable. Absolute bullshit. So hypocritical of wrestling fans to fucking... <laughs> the Shockmaster part two. <laughs> you know what? Well, this, is, this is an age where wrestling fans, where they want to show compassion. We need to be kind. We need to be kind. But at the point, same mate, time, point. they're ripping, ripping them to shreds because he botched and he could have died. Mate, he could have fucking died, man. That was heavy, heavy, heavy bad news. 
what happened to him on Sunday night. So that was just my two two cents on that. I just think uh, folk need to chill out, understand, oh, it's a big excitement thing, but there's no need to get tore in. And, uh, well, we, we are going to come back to this, no doubt, in the burying and put over section because, you know, I'm going to be talking about that AEW show in that section. Now, I won't tell you whether I'm burying it or putting it over yet, but we're going to be talking about it. Let me tell you something, we're going to be talking about it, right? Well, so mate, it's funny, it's funny because, I know just quickly, but I mean, I bought that thing, £20 on Fight TV. I was sitting rough on Sunday morning, man. I'm sat with my girlfriend. She's like, do you spend £20 on that? I was like, oh, I need to watch it for my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch it for my podcast, man. I must have lasted six minutes. I thought it off and she went, fucking, was that worth £20? I was like, I'll get back to it, I'll get back to it. Not get back to it as of yet, and I probably never will, but there you go, fucking. Tony yeah, Khan has got my dollar. We'll be talking We'll be talking about that later now. Let's see what the punters have been saying. Now, after last week's message for John Cena, very great moment there, uh, Bronze Cello is back with another message All from right. the champ. Great new John Cena here saying thank you so much for supporting Elbow Grease Fast Friends. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> great new John Cena here saying thank you so much for supporting Elbow Grease Fast Friends. It's another video from Cena saying great but... <laughs> But I've got the video, and from Cena's reaction, the way he says Grado, he knows who you are. He's got a big smile on his face when he says Well, let's see it, let's see it. Obviously, this is not good for anybody that's listening to the podcast, but I'm going to have a look at this and see if it looks better. Hold on, hold on here. Right, I'll see the Patreon. Smile on his face, right? Okay. Grado John Cena here saying thank you so much. He's going to fucking smile on every video, John, you know what I mean? He can't just come on here. No, he knows nah, who you are. Maybe he does know. He, no, he knows. Maybe he does know. He knows. He knows who you are. See if you'd put a name, see, see if in last week's message they'd go to John Cena to say, hey, Rab Florence out of Burnleston, 11, 11, 11. He'd have smiled there as well because he'd have went, that's that guy for that show. Aye. Cena knows me as well, right? Mate, but it's fine, mate. He doesn't fucking know who I was, man. Come on. He was fighting Wade Barrett and all that when I was fucking when I was mega famous and that. He was too busy dealing with Justin Grabio. Mate, don't when you were mega famous, you're still mega famous, mate. Don't let me don't speak <laughs> when you're Chris uh, says, listening to Grado talking about his flight simulator plan. I'm sure there was a fast show sketch with Colin Hunt where he does exactly what Grado suggested. You know that you, you do you remember this Colin Hunt character, Grado? No, man. At the fast show, the only things I can remember for the fast show was the slobs, Wayne and Winnet, a slob, fucking loved that. Is that, what? Is that not what? No, show? that was for Harry Enfield's programme, but never mind, mate. Is, is, that, is Harry Enfield know the fast show? No. Oh, okay. Paul Whitehouse, that's where you're getting confused, because Paul Whitehouse is in the Harry Enfield show and the fast show, uh, because, in my opinion, Paul Whitehouse has to be considered one of the premier uh, comedy talents ever to emerge from the, the, the British Isles. Nice message for Kyle here about Rab's boyfriend. He says, hey, finally get one... Listening to Wrestling Daft episode with the Nick Aldis interview, I loved the NW Power, and Nick was one of the main reasons why. Listening to Nick talk about the business and his love for it, it solidified that. Can't wait to see Nick back in a room. Can't wait to see Nick get back in, back on the show. Maybe I'll get a word in this time. Well, listen, <laughs> this was a, that was a true gentleman of the game talking to uh, Nick Aldis. So right. he's too pissed for me, man. He doesn't even like me, anyways. There's been a bit of a response after a run-in last week, right? And Keith setting up a potential match between Hugo Boss and JD Sports, right? KP Jer has been in touch with works for Armani and says he'll take on Hugo Boss representing Armani. 
new clash of the superpowers. Let's get it sorted. A fashion falls anywhere, match. <laughs> Mate, do you know what the funny thing is, right? Um, I fucking was in Glasgow on Friday night and I left without a belt for my trousers and my trousers were hanging off me, right? And I was like, I really need a belt. And I was like, I fancy a Hugo Boss one. But obviously this was the day after we recorded the podcast with the big man for last week, right? So I was like, ah. I can't go in the day after, man. Right, I was like, the, ah, immediately in. <laughs> exactly. So, like, there's two. There's obviously the shop and um, the shop that Keith is in in Buchanan Street, and there's the one in Ingram Street, man. Right. And I was closer to the one in Buchanan Street. I was like, fuck it, no, I need to go in. I goes, that'll look far, you know, the next day. How you doing, mate? You all right? Aye, aye, aye. See that discount you were talking about? You know what I mean? So, well, aye. Well, near offence to uh, Hugo Boss at all, but if I'm, if I'm wanting a discount somewhere, I'm wanting a discount for Armani. So, let's get that sorted out. KP, Jerry, get back in touch. Let's see if you can get a uh, sort rabbit with a wee, a, wee, a wee bit of a discount. Sorry, mate. Do you think Fergal Devitt used to have a, a, a deal with Armani X exchange in Japan? No. Mate, no. look, see if, you, see if you look at his trunks in New Japan. Look at his trunks. They're Armani trunks. Oh, here no. That's cool, isn't it? Guy knows what he's doing, didn't he? He was, he was a poster boy in Japan for Armani exchange. Cool he, as fuck. I remember I remember him in and I was going, I can get you soaks in that, pants. <laughs> Armani pants and soaks in that. So I mate, but there you go. Fucking still never seen them. <laughs> I'll get them a ton now, but uh, it was, was... It's a bit late now in the day, isn't it? I tell Maybe everybody, Fergal's getting me breaks for money, man. Fergal's getting me fucking soaks and that. <laughs> telling them that for years, talking about it for years. Uh, Keith picked up on this, saying, just bring it. So this was to KPJ. Only for KPJ to reply, oh, it's on, motherfucker. Just have one eye open and strolling around Buchanan Street. So it's all happening, it's all happening out there. Uh, I have to say, if you want, if you want to get yourself a wee belt, a wee pair of socks, or something, there's two good shops you could check out. Uh, if you want to check them out, Mate, this is like Dan one of these reads in it on a podcast. I, you know, see when I want a belt, I just love. Mate, <laughs> see when my twizzles are hanging at me. Aye, mate. But it's good, but and it? it's good that like fucking like look at our podcast, man. We're getting we're getting fighters, mate, for Hugo Boss and Manny. It's no fucking. Do you know what I mean? It's no. Uh, Dunlop or Slazinger shows. You know they, they have shows. No, you know what I mean? no, a wee woman for Greg's. Aye, man. Coming on the show and Super saying she's dogs. Aye, it's, it's, a, it's like you know, money. It's that's the kind of show we want. Money to talks, have. Mate. We've got Nick Aldis on the show. You know what I mean? We've got a wee bit of class, a wee bit of sophistication. Uh, we've gone up in the world, mate. AEW's Frankie Kazarian tweeted this last week. He said that Jenny for Forrest Gump is the biggest heel in cinema history. So we thought we'd find out for you. You guys, who you thought was cinema's biggest heel. So, Kyle McWan, go in touch, says the biggest heel in cinema is Daniel San for Karate Kid. Made everybody think he was a face, but constantly picks fight with Johnny, steals his girls, and wins a tournament with an illegal heat kick. And to top it off, taunts Johnny when they're adults in the Cobra Kai series. Have you watched Cobra Kai yet, Grado? Come on, mate. You know, I've not seen Karate Kid 1. I've not seen Karate Kid Cobra Kai I've not seen it. Don't get me wrong. I would like to go back and watch it, but that's no my that's no my deal, mate. Um, it's just no my deal. It's just I, I've never seen it. Jinker, no, I, I saw it. you. I saw you doing a hang on a radio show, right? And I had I wanted to pull you up for this, right? I saw you doing a hang on a radio show, and they were asking you it was like sixty seconds or something, right? With Grado asking you what your favourite hangs on, or that, and you get asked what your favourite film was, right? What did I say? I can't and you remember. and you and you said fucking layer cake. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with that? You said the British film Layer Cake was your favourite film. <laughs> what is wrong with that? No, no offence to Layer Cake or anybody that likes Layer Cake, but mate, 
That's nobody else on the planet's favourite film. I just, I just no even the fucking shite. director a layer cake nah. has layer cake as his favourite film. See, this is why I don't deal with films because I've got to deal with big mad movie snobs like you telling me that what I like and what I don't like, mate. I'm, I'm sorry, a I've not seen Hobbit and all that and fucking fucking uh, Hobbit and uh, Avatar. You know what I mean? I've not seen Avatar, mate. I'm sorry if I've not seen fucking. Do you know what I mean? I'm sorry if I've not seen uh, I Spy with Dave Bautista. Do you know what I mean? Uh, who's in layer cake? Daniel Craig. Um, and I, and Rabbi Fleck for Irvin, who am I more? You know how they get, have you seen the, have you seen Lear Cake? I've seen it a long time ago. Aye, so Rabbi Fleck, and he was also the big, the big guy in um, Still Game. I think he plays a gay guy in it. Big guy with a moustache, bald head. You know what I'm talking about? Right, right, I think I do know what you're talking right, about. Aye, he's a, he's a big, he's a big madman for Irvin, and he shoots something Lear Cake, and what i seen, and my mum told me, she was like the bride, maybe not the bridesmaid, but maybe not probably not a flower girl either, but she was she was at something at that guy's wedding. And that's not the reason why Lair Cake is my favourite. I don't know why. No, do you know what it is? Because there's an absolute beast there scene where somebody gets a cunt kicked in and, it gets, and it's to the tuna. Um, and I don't cry for yesterday. There's an ordinary world. And this guy's getting fucking battered in this cafe. Fry up out of his face. Big pot of tea all over him and all that. And he goes, 10 years, Milky. 10 years. You got me to jail for 10 years. That is the best scene. Maybe it is his uh-huh. favourite film. Hold on here. Because I thought you were just, he's just fucking named any film he could think of. But maybe a, it is your favourite film because it, you're quoting it and everything. It opens up, right? It opens up and it's like, and it's a drug dealer, right? And he's a big fancy drug dealer, right? And he's given it, and he's in the shop, right? And it's meant to be in the future, right? And it's like a perfume shop, except it's no, it's a, it's a drug shop, and it's FCUK cocaine, FCUK heroin, and it's just showing you that you know, in years to go, that you 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 get like FCUK hash in it, branded stuff, branded stuff, aye. And then who else is in it? Tom Hardy's in it, no, he was a jobber in it, so that was why he was, he was a cotton jerker in it. Uh, he was just a cotton jerker in it. But you need, you need to watch it. It's never mind fucking watching uh, fucking Unforgiven 99. Watch Lair Kick this week. Well, there you go. Uh, so, but let's get to these heels again. You, you, there's no point you watching a Karate Kid now. You're a grown man. Right. Uh, William says, Cypher for the Matrix through Neo through the Matrix Barbershop one day. Thomas says, Simon Phoenix for Demolition Man. Simon says, Parts would be good for a heel. Simon says, Parts would be good for a heel. Simon says parts would be good. Simon says, right, I'm going to tell, let's just to the listeners, there's a sentence written here, right, in my notes. Simon says parts would be good for a heel. What does that fucking mean? It's like a riddle. In all honesty, I just copied and pasted it from Tommy's tweet. So you don't even look at it either. You don't even look at it. Tommy, what does Simon says, oh, wait a minute, Simon says part would be good for a heel. I've worked it out. The bit where he does the Simon Says bit. All right, yeah, go. You yeah. finish it with a Simone. All right. Simon drop. Very good. Hammond in Jurassic Park. Billionaire puts kids at risk to try and make you sell richer with zero regard to safety. Aye. Sounds familiar, he says. Is he no cute in it? Vince McMahon. He is. He's a nice guy. He's just... The problem is he was too busy... Yeah, and he was too busy thinking about whether he could do it. That uh, he didn't think about whether he should. See, for years, I thought that old guy was one of the Attenborough brothers. Yes. Oh, right, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a thing, can I tell you a quick story about Richard Attenborough? Yeah. Um, and I was at, like, he used to be the chairman of the company I worked for. And <laughs> we all went to this free booze up down in London, right? 
and like everyone was fucking pissed at this point. Richard Attenborough comes on at midnight and everyone's Pat Sharp's just at a DJ set, right? <laughs> and everyone is fucking pissed. And Richard Brattenborough stands out, it's the 30th birthday of this big company. And Richard Brattenborough comes up to this big speech. Everyone's just been fucking dancing to the 80s disco of Pat Sharp. And everyone just starts chanting. <laughs> there is a chant which may or not not have started from the back of the room about us. Something along the regards of it. It's the guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> Clap your hands. <laughs> As Richard Brattenborough came out. And it actually took the, one of the bosses to come out and say, Please just give this a bit of respect in a minute. Well, we went, Sir Richard Ambrose speak, and everyone's going, It's the fucking guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> They're all mad with no caring that it's your boss and that. You're like, Fuck it, man. He's getting guy. That's brilliant, mate. I love that, John. Um, Total Falafel says, Shoot McGavin for Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore's a great film, man. I love Happy Gilmore, by the way. I've seen it. Oh, you would like it, Grado, I think. Maybe, is, that, maybe. is that Adam Sandler in it? Aye. Is that a man of big shows then? Uh, no, that's a water boy. Scott says Dolores Umbridge for Harry Potter. No idea who that is. Never wanted to punch no. a screen as much in my life. Fucking getting in touch. This is a wrestling podcast. You're bringing fucking Harry Potter in here. Come on here. This is all about we're, we're guys that are talking about a world where people are fucking swaggering about, man. They're doing the drugs, man. They're fucking injecting all the gear and them, all the steroids and that. They're, they're shagging all the wee ring rats and all that. They're fucking Will Ospreay is fucking making people's lives hell and still getting fucking booked in New Japan. That's the kind of fucking world we're talking about. So don't you fucking come to us with fucking specky wee Harry Potter, you fucking virgin, Scott. Fuck off. Ian says Scar. Killed his, <laughs> killed his brother and sent his nephew into exile prick. Scar's a good one. That was, what's your favourite rap? Favourite what? Favourite bad guy in a film, you? The best bad guy in a film. Oh, Jesus. I don't know, man. Which, which, uh, which yours, John? That's Peter, because he, like, he was a, a face to start with. The hope, the bright young hope, total, you know, face. Then brought over to the dark side, total heel, the biggest heel in the world. And then he has a redemptive face turn right at the end as Aye. well. Well, it's funny. I'm like, I, I, I do admit that I'm bad with films, but I've read for that last. I've not seen one of these films. My my biggest villain um, is going to be um, Palm. Is it Palm Ailes and Matilda? Is her name Palm Ailes? Palm. Um, Palm Ailes is the poet, as you know. Yeah, Palm Ailes. Palm Ailes is a poet. Palm. What's her name? I don't take a look at Matilda. Palm and Matilda. Do you know who I'm talking about, Rab? You can. Is that the name of the actress? Aye, Palm Matilda. Mrs. Mrs. Trunchbull. Mrs. Trunchbull. Palm Ferris. Palm Ferris. Um, she plays. Uh, Officer Trunchbull and she she is a villain she could be great in the wrestling because she's a bit of awesome Kong and all that she's got a detention room that's got full of nails and that could be the deal you know what I mean you go to the chokey a woman wrestler could do that you're going to the chokey and the chokey's like this room with hundreds of metal fucking knives and all that and the puppy wings at like four year old with like, uh, pigtails and all that in it so she's my biggest villain and she also uh, makes this big fat bat, this uh, fat boy um Brucey, Brucey Bogtrotter, Brucey Bogtrotter gives her cheeks, so he has to fucking um, eat this chocolate fudge cake, but it's massive, and then he eats it, and then this other dinner lady comes out with another big fucking chocolate fudge cake, and Brucey has to eat it, right, and he's fucking getting the chocolate all over the gaff, and everybody's going, Brucey, 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 and so 
he eats the chocolate fudge cake to the death, man. He's at a big mad fucking 40 stone fudge cake and he holds like, the, the glass plate like, above his seat, just like the Wimbledon trophy. And Officer Trunchbull just takes it and batters it right through his seat, glass everywhere. That could be in wrestling, absolutely. Well, I'll just have just thought of one there. Nurse Ratchet for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Oh, I've been meaning to, man. Nurse Ratchet, man, fantastic. She'd be great. She could come out. She could have the whole medication time thing. Medication ah, time when she comes out. Like, ding, ding, medication time. And she would great. come out. That'd be great, man. I'm buying that. Right, anyway, if you want to get in touch with us about any of that, just random wrestling-related stuff, get us on Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta Wrestling Daft Podcast, just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, or email us at wrestlingdaft at gmail.com. Now, every week... We like to separate the good for the bad in wrestling, the fives for the nine one ones. <sighs> Controversial, man. Controversial. The boys ones from the the Westlife's, the um, with the West, the boys. I don't. Okay, I'm never sure which one is which. Boys on in Westlife, I can't. Anyway, boys on uh, is um, <coughs> what you call them. Life is a roll. Ronan Keaton. Westlife uh, is um, rotten. Westlife uh, are rotten. Right. So here's Matt. I am going to bury as deep as you could possibly bury that AEW pay-per-view. It was garbage. It wasn't just a bad pay-per-view. It wasn't just a bad show, which is fine. There's always bad shows. This was a garbage show. This was the kind of wrestling show that if you were to have watched it all with your girlfriend, Grado, you would have been ashamed to be sitting watching it. Well, that's, I was it was embarrassing. It was dated. Um, you had... Um, it was a mess. It was regularly an absolute mess. And what Matt, the situation that happened with Matt Hardy was just a disgraceful situation for... Um, a company to put a guy in that position in the first place to be doing that kind of match in the year 2020, where, for one thing, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. There's no need. Nobody's wanting Matt Hardy to do that anymore. Matt Hardy is now a beloved veteran wrestler that everybody has a lot of respect for and has a lot of genuine affection for. Nobody's wanting to see Matt Hardy in a match like that anymore. Matt Hardy has nothing to gain by doing that, Matt Hardy is, you know, has been involved in some of the some of the greatest high stakes wrestling matches has ever been. His legacy is assured in that area. He doesn't have to be doing that. And what happened during the match, where I'm taking that injury and the match continuing, was quite frankly the most disgraceful moment I think in wrestling in the past few years um, in terms of in ring stuff. And I think, you know, they should be getting absolutely raked to all the coals for this. That, that, this is, that was AEW's lowest point, the lowest point of the weekend. That's uh, strong words, mate. Very, very strong words. But I very do happen to agree with you. Um, I just feel it was sad. It was very sad. Because, um, look, Matt, mate, Matt loves this too much. He loves it too much. And... Somebody needs to get him tell. You're right, he doesn't need to be doing this, but I feel as if he's always got constantly got something to prove. I don't know whether it's because he sees 
Jericho always reinventing himself. He's always got to take the risk, but he doesn't, man. He's an absolute legend. He seems like like far but like that after he get picked up, man. Was 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 horrific, and also, you know, I AEW commit to say like, oh, but we asked him if he was all right. Well, do you know what? When I was concussed, man, I wanted to fucking go all night. I wasn't gonna give. I came back like that. What, do you know what I mean? I've, I, I, yep. Concussion, mate, you're not, in the, you're not in the right frame of mind. Somebody should have taken one look at that footage because even the commentators were going, this is over, he's out. Um, Aye. We went to do that. And it's, it's sad because at the end of the day, man, he obviously wanted to go to the finish, but who is ever going to remember that finish? Like, absolutely, it was absolutely pointless. Um, but I feel, I mean, I feel sorry for... Guevara and all because he's obviously putting a predicament and all he's not good to he's too fucking he's too young too green to turn around and go we need to put an end to this do you know what I mean right. this needs to stop but somebody else should have been there an, an opponent with a wee bit more experience would probably have yeah. went this match is done aye we're no doing anything else here right but you've got a young guy there being put into that situation um, he, he carries no blame for it the but it was just it, you know it was, a, it was a tragic show on the whole though the whole show, I thought, did you you watched it, didn't you, John? Yeah, yeah, I watched it live with uh, a couple of the patrons. Um, what were you feeling yourself? See, as soon as you saw him, it, now immediately, because it's we watching it live, you're going, is this a work? Because he start, I mean, he, visit, he physically was falling and staggering all over the place. And you're, then, but when the match continues, you're going, is that a work or not? Because it just, it, but then we're all sitting going, that's too good an act to... to you know, be anything other than a concussion. It was, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible to watch. Yeah. And you know, and the fact he went on that, that high spot, they had him climb. You know, he went. Yep. You know, if you want to finish the match, finish it a different way. Rather than letting a concussed guy climb up a bit of fucking scaffolding, Jesus Christ! AEW are very lucky. I think. I think they are very, very lucky indeed. Because if Matt Hardy had climbed up that scaffolding at the end and had fell oh. or something had happened. They'd have got sued right out of their boots. I think yeah. they would have been. They AEW would have been done. The doors would have been fucking shut. It was know, pure I, amateur. I, I thought. Have you met uh, Rebby, his wife, Rebby Hardy, before? <sighs> because I mean, oh, she's been very she's, outspoken on Twitter and what, what have you. She Rebby Hardy is a hundred percent the scariest person I've met in wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I am so scared of that woman. Um, we there was a bit of I've only spoken about this before. No, oh. there was a bit of a kind of fuck. How can I put it? How can I say this? A bit of a, um, what do you call that? Can I cross wire? She got the ring under the stick with something aye, aye, aye. that happened a couple of years ago, and she pulled me up for it. Um, in a DM, and so and I shot my pants. What she said to me, I fucking literally shot my pants. So she would always beat TVs. And so, I, 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 and Matt told me, he was like, she hates you. She fucking hates you. And I was like, right, cool. So there was times that, Matthew might say this, but, you know, there'd be times where it would just be me and, me and her in the one room, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even look the road she was on because I was fucking feeling and I was so scared there, right? Because <laughs> I thought to myself, this is the best way to play it. Just don't bother her. Don't talk to her. She fucking hates you. Um, and so I'd done this for about six months. And then... Um, he went back to the WWE and about six months later, um, I met I met them in America. We were on a bar one night and uh, Spud gave me Niggy. She He was like, look, you know that Rebby's here and she fucking hates your gut. She's telling everybody. And I was like, what? I was like, mate, I don't want to come. I was like, fuck that, man. I should put my boys. 
goes outside, Matt's the same, he's like, look, she hates you, mate, just go in and try and say, say sorry to her. And I walked in, man, and she fucking got right in my face, you fucking prick. You fucking ignored me. You ignored me for months. I fucking <laughs> was every, I was, I was man, but nice for you. Not but nice, I was con, because I was fucking fearing you. I was fucking shitting myself, You're a bastard. You're a cunt on us. Mate, I was, honestly, and I'm sober at this point, they're all wrecked. I'm like, Rebby, Rebby, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And we, like, kind of, kind of made up. I was like, look, man, I, the, the deal was I'm just fucking scared. She is, she's so scary. And, you know, it was, if we met each other again, and it's, it's never been, you know what I mean, she's just no fond of me at all. But I can totally understand why. I don't want to say what, what, what the reason, what has it happened. But, um, I, but she, so, so she, she has a fucking, she's scary. She's scary. That's a good story, mate. Let me tell you something though. She seems like she would absolutely go to war for you. you know what I mean, if you if you were a if you were aye. a a husband or you know what I mean. Oh, I and mean, and like, that's you know she's no she's no fucking fear to you know to pull people up. And she was right to pull AEW up about that. You know what I mean? You fucked about with the contract, Matt with, with Jeff Jarrett. Aye, got WWE and all that, and she was like fucking I think print screening the texts and all that, and put them on the internet, and you're Jeff, you bastard, and all this and. Fuck me, man. I remember one. Oh, she's just, she just, she's just scary. But I, she's something you would, you would want on your side. Definitely. You, you when you go home to where empty people, that's exactly it, John. Aye. but you know, I love her. She's great. She's brilliant. Uh, so I, so there you go. Uh, so that's why that was why I'm burying, right? So that's why I'm burying. Uh, let's see what the punters are saying. Uh, Westy wants to put over the start of the Bailey and Sasha feud even though it's been overdue and it's just getting started it could be great finally it's happening I would also like to put our Dominic Mysterio's match with Murphy on Raw that sunset flip spot with the table was ace it was uh, Dominic's good I agree there Dominic is gone, he's got what it takes uh, and he, he seems like he's got a wee bit of character about him as well Jim says he's got to bury AEW for letting Matt Hardy continue after knocking himself out what sort of concussion protocol can be done in three minutes right. You'd think somebody like Can, who owns an NFL team, would be a bit smarter. That's it. Is he on an NFL team or not? They are definitely involved in the NFL, aren't they? The Cans. What's the name of the team that he's. Uh, it's Jacksonville Jaguars, I think. Right, right, okay. That's who they do all the. That's obviously the stadium they do it at and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you're used to. Can I ask these? I mean, I, I just sort of started as well. Is, is Kokaman a heel? Sort of. Uh, uh, not really. Dark Order, what's the deal with that? So basically, Cabana was going through, you know, the Dark Order like recruiting, and then Brody Lee, Luke Harper recruited Cabana in, but now he's kind of he, he let one go and stuff, and then I think he's going to obviously I think they're going to turn on Cabana, batter him, and it looks like he's a, it's like a Daniel Bryan, um, aye, a Bray thing, Wyatt thing, Bray Wyatt kind of set up, like it, yeah. it's, you know, what I mean, it's like. I, he's way the baddies, but you know you're not really buying that he's 100 percent in the gang. Hazy he just wants to bury retribution and anti-establishment group, but they now obey the brand split. <laughs> nah, come on, put her big Drew, big sexy Drew, plus the NXT title match for last night. Just to clarify, it was Hazy that said big sexy Drew there, and no me. Yeah, <laughs> be different if it was Nick Aldis. Mick wants to put over Balor becoming NXT champion last night. What was that on just our TVs? Uh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yep. Yep, it was uh, Adam. He, they had the rematch. There was the draw last week on the sixty-minute Iron Man match, and then they had Adam Cole and Finn Balor fight right. to settle it. Settle it. 
to finally settle it. Uh, young little old Big Seab wants to put over Maxwell to live in a throwback match between Mox and MJF. Nah. And wants to bury one, the tag title match between FTL and the Mega hang- Hangman and Otter Crock of Shite. Really? Two, Matt being, yeah, rotten. Matt being allowed to scale a scaffold. And three, AEW men's titles holders all be in XWWE. Well, he wants to put over the AEW tag title match at All Out. There's somebody putting over. Uh, the slow build to the elite breakup has been fantastic. Brian Ryback for this. Ryback tweeted it. I firmly believe the world would be a better place with Dave Meltzer six feet under. He is the most dangerous kind of mark there is <laughs> and puts out lies for profit, creating hate for people he dislikes. He makes money off other diseased marks, but does so in a horrible way. <laughs> now, he later deleted that and right. put up another one where he just said that the world would be a better place without Dave Meltzer or the industry or something like that. He changed it. He changed it less for sounding like he wanted Dave Meltzer did. Well, he's obviously got previous history with him, and, and, if, and he probably has. Maybe he's had times in the past where Dave's went and posted shit about him, because it does happen, man. He does mm-hmm. get told some shit on purpose. Um, so I, if that's the way he feels, then he should, why should, obviously he's gone a bit far since six feet under, but I don't get why the guy should bury him for it. Because um, he does really actually, he creates like folks' careers, he can bury them. It's just, man, this one guy's opinion is got to be yep. who we all fucking adhere to. Do you know what I mean? What folk wrestle with for Dave fucking Meltzer, mate. See if you've seen Dave Meltzer in real life and you stood with him and spoke to him at the boozer, you would not be putting your fucking absolute career in line to impress this dafty. I mean, come on, he's not a dafty, right? But he's no, do you know what I mean? He's just a you guy. Saying you, you're saying you want him to die, Gredo? <laughs> no, I'm not saying I want him to die because he said that was his biggest guilty pleasure. Well, take that, but where it's just a, it's just ridiculous that everybody's got to perform for Dave Meltzer. There's other folk out the, there. The, it's fucking horrible, man. I think the problem is, like, what he kind of said this week was he said that Lana was to blame for the WWE taking this hard line to their talent being um, involved in other platforms like Twitch and TikTok and stuff like that. Lana's became really popular on TikTok and stuff now. And it just kind of feels like... It feels like that... I don't know. I just... I feel like Meltzer's just hung around for a long time and, you know, he's been rang a lot, Meltzer. Mate, he's been rang a lot and people seem to forget that. You know mate, I mean? Look, he was just one of the first guys that dealt with him, mate, provided the sheets, but it really fucking put that... These Some people put this guy on a mega pedestal and it does my boxing, like, seeing him, all right, bring him for a convention, man. There was some folk getting hunch, shaking horns with him and all that. This guy's the fucking... The top dog and all this, and if it wasn't for Dave Meltzer, I said, "Oh shit, man! It's just like the fucking rest is, man. Just like the rest is, and he's making hollers of money. You, you better believe he makes a fucking win of money. Doesn't make more than us on this show, mate. Why is he neck money? <laughs> Doesn't he make more than us on this show, mate? Cannot- we could be why we could be the fucking Dave Meltzer. See if you would just, if you would just share a wee bit more of the private conversations you have with these wrestlers, mate." Because <laughs> I know I'm going to put this out to the audience here, right? They need to hear this. Gredo has told me some stories that you will never hear. I've heard them, 
and they're dynamite and he can't share them. And we could put Dave Meltzer out of business tomorrow with this part. But we won't. And I'll tell you why we won't. Because we love this business too much, aren't that right, Gredo? We do. Some things are better kept behind closed doors. But by the way, it's funny you're telling me about this TikTok gimmick. Um, Noddy told me about this on Scott Squad, the director. We mm-hmm. can't even know about this. And he was the one that told me about how Vince is fucking banned all mm-hmm. the platforms and stuff like that. So it's... Yep. Must have made like kind of big use. Cause Basically, what I took away for you is if Davy Blaze was signed to the WWE tomorrow... There'd be name air videos of David Blaze dancing about to the songs. Fuck it. That'd be over. Scott wants to bury the AEW doctor who allowed Matt Hardy to carry on and put over the clever finish of Moxley versus MJF. Chris wants to bury the AEW for the Matt Hardy situation and wants to bury Monday Night Raw in general. And Calzo wants to bury the WWE. It's a toilet run by a Janny. I think it'd be good if it was run by the Janny. So yeah, just for one week, maybe it would be good. Uh, like Johnny book raw man, fuck it. Monday night, Johnny. <laughs> now you can get more wrestling daft at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We've set up three tiers which you can choose to get involved with. And you can set up yourself with him at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. And Grado's gonna tell you all about them. Tier one, you're the cruiserweight champion, which is four dollars a month. On that you get the Patreon only chat community, you just can talk about amongst yourselves in there and with John you get ad-free versions of all the episodes you get early access you get random bonus content you get the video version of the Matters podcast where this week you can see Chris Jericho and John Moxley well done for them uh, <clears throat> uh, vote on what you want to see feature in the list of wrestling daft tier 2 10 bucks you get everything in tier 1 as well as a video version of the podcast each week bonus episode once a month up there you can get Rab on wrestling and you can chat about how you get in, or you can hear them chat about how you got into the business and ended up promoting one of his own shows. Two it's a great listen. It's a great listen, guys. A great listen. You put up a SummerSlam review. That's my baby bit dated now. However, if you're, if you're just catching up with things, it's good to hear. Also, the second part of the Grado story, it's yourself. This is a great story about the the, the, the rise of Gradomania and ICW and his march towards winning the belt against Drew. And you can also join our Patreon pay-per-view parties and there will be one well there was one for all out this saturday and it, did it turn out all right john ah, i was a few of us uh, we didn't because it went on for so long none of us actually made the main event <laughs> so fuck me man it must have been bad it was like half four in the morning it was fucking long so mm. we were both all we were all too pissed to make the main event and we all went oh down. that's good you enjoyed yourselves world heavyweight champion that's 20 dollars a month you get everything in the previous tiers as well as a free wrestling daft t-shirt um, but you must sign up for three months, plus you get to feature on one of our shows. There's one of our marks, I'll do a run-in on the show. So, if you fancy becoming one of our patrons, sign up now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We would love to welcome you to the roster. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, it's the part of the show where we invite you, the listeners, to their running. Come on, ask what you want. Could be get an opinion on Roman Reigns' heel turn. You might just want to ask Gredo who is the longest in the shower, as in length of penis. 
Mate, we're talking about. Half the wrestlers are all fucking market. They don't get insurance. This week, let's welcome to the show all the way from sunny Australia, down under. Let's get our accents ready, Grado. It's so, Daniel uh, Hubble. G'day, mate. G'day, mate. G'day, Cobber. Hey, Peeper, Peeper, Mr. Fisher. Bloody oath. It's cool Hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, good. It's six in the morning here. Get in there, man. Six That's in the amazing. morning. Six in the morning. How are you doing, Daniel? Yeah, good, good. How are you? You're, you're really actually quite handsome for a wrestling fan. No, I've seen all wrestling fans only handsome, but you're, you're getting in, mate. I used to look like you, mate. I used to be a little fatty. <laughs> and then I decided. <laughs> what happened? I decided to run a lot and do some CrossFit for a bit and, you know. Mate, do you that. know what? Can I, can I just say something? I was going to be the king of CrossFit. I started in the June and I was gone every couple of days. I was doing well. I was dropping weight. Then Lewis Gordon gave me like a mad um, two-footed stomp on my rib, more on my ribs and broke my ribs. So I had to give up and I've never been back. And what could have been? What could have been? So how did, what's, what's, what's your story about wrestling? Wrestling? Uh, just when I was a kid, I actually used to do go to hire, go to the local video shop and hire them. I mean... I'm old enough to remember my first WrestleMania was WrestleMania 4. Wow. Um, I remember um, I, I remember actually we were probably a couple of months behind it back in those days because it was like you'd walk in the shop and hopefully something was there and that was when there was only the big four really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember hiring Survivor Series 1990 which was uh, the Golden Gooker Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. Undertaker's mm-hmm. and the and the Undertaker's debut, and I remember being a kid just going next to the Undertaker. When um, I even uh, said to one of my mates that after the Roman Reigns thing where he put this hat in the ring, I sent my yeah. mate a message. I was like, I remember, I remember him debuting. I reckon I've just watched him retire. And well, I did. It cool. didn't turn out that way, but yeah, the same kid. I, I've known him for what, well, thirty odd years, I guess mm-hmm. now. But, but that's just cool, mate. Like, um, so have you been listening to the podcast for long? Since day one. Ooh, Excellent. You're that, Rob. Excellent. What do you do, man? What's your job? What do you do? I work for Boeing, actually. Great old like that. Yup! <laughs> oh. Really? Fuck yeah. off, man. Honestly, what do you do at Boeing? I can't tell you. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is it, man. You, you love that. You love that stuff, don't you, Gradle? What's the deal? But do you get to go run about and like take pictures of the? Pl- I mean, you could be a pilot. I don't even know. Like, no. Nah, can- well, I used to. I used to be in the air force. Uh, back when I was younger. Wow, cool guy, man. But come on, <laughs> when was the last time? When was the last time you saw a seven? Well, saw a seven four sevens that they are they kind of completely finished producing them now. Yeah, I'm actually working on the, the Hornet, plastic Hornet at the moment. So the, the fighter jets. Fucking hell, man. That is class. Yeah. That's cool. And um, I'm just about to move on like to a UK program for the 7.3s. Sorry, the Wedge Tails. Hey, I love the Boeing stuff, but I need to ask you as well, what's the deal with Home and Away Neighbours and that? Have they started have they Started the filming? Are they social distancing? Is, is Donald Fisher hey, shooting? on. <laughs> Don Fisher, mate. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm more of a Flame of Mongols type guy. Oh, yeah. Who was that? Al, was that Al Stewart? Al Stewart, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I haven't watched it in years, but it's, it's like Coronation Street and in EastEnders. You know, the same thing happens. You know, it, if someone goes to the pub, someone dies. Anything. Peepa, Peepa, go to the caravan right? park. Peepa, Peepa. <laughs> 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 
Hey man, how how is the Australian wrestling scene? How is the how is I'm this? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I'm. A, I'm actually from down the road from, as you'd say, down the road from um, Rhea Ripley. She's right. a, a local. Right. She's a local girl. There's a place called Riot City Wrestling that was in like the local town hall down there. Uh, Bronson Reed's from up the road as well uh, in NXT. Do you know if um, Bingo Balance has ever worked in Australia? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, mate. Not that I'm aware of. Right. I know the city I used to live in, Newcastle, had um, quite a wrestling scene going on. They had monthly shows. But yeah. You know, um, I'm just trying to find this fucking promoter. This bastard promoter. I'm sure he was for perfect. <laughs> a fucking yeah. asshole promoter. Wait till we, here we go. Wait till we, let's fucking expose this cunt. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on, hold on. Right, this cunt fucking heard me. Seats on a plane and everything. Where we going? Stephen Pullen. Stephen Pullen. You fucking Australian bastard. Here we go. Piece of shit. Manage. He manages a uh, piece. Uh, manage Melbourne-based uh, promotion, Professional Championship Wrestling. I should have known it that Professional Championship Wrestling. <laughs> anyway, I have got twenty-five emails back and forth. Um, hi, Graham. Which seat would you like in the plane? Um, that's excellent. Um, your fare, we'll book your fare. We'll book the flights right away. And I'm like, ah, anything bar the middle seat, brother. I'm never that fussy. Terrific. My travel agent will email the itinerary shortly. I need a huge flavor. Hey, favor, could you shoot a quick video to say you're coming to Down Under um, to take on Mark Cage um, in Melbourne? Can you do that? I've done that. I sent him a video. Mark Cage, I'm coming to Australia. Um, and then the fucking Matt last message I received two foot, 27 for me 2016 you fucking arsehole I tell every cunt I was going to Australia I tell everybody I tell so did they me. just how do you know the guy didn't he just die <laughs> well the guy maybe just died well, I, well, I and you've, you've suddenly and maybe one of his family members listening to this show because they're like oh my uncle used to love wrestling I'll listen to this show and then you're calling him I, I see you next Tuesday you're calling them all the names in the world, and the man just passed uh, away. Listen, I get time called that. And everything. Stephen called that in Australia is not a thing, man. What is it? Wait to be seen. Called a con in Australia is not a thing. I mean, it could be deep because he's not coming up on Facebook. But anyway, I tell everybody I was going to Australia. Fucking everybody. I am not. I'm not even getting the middle seat, mate. He's asked me if I want the windy seat. <laughs> what were your question, Daniel? You, do you have a question for Grade Well. Well, initially it was going to be about the best finishing sequence you've seen, but I realised that um, you, you haven't really got a chance to talk about New Japan much. And I was wondering, I was planning on going over to the G1 this year. We booked tickets to go in February for, for October, but they've obviously, that's not happening. And they've Rob, the G1 you can take this one. Rob, yep. you can take this yep. question this week. Yeah. yeah. So I was Rob. meant to be going for the G1 in October and we went to be going to Budokan for the final. And obviously that's not happening now. But yep. what do you think of the current state of it? Obviously, um, I don't know if they're going to have a G1. Um, the struggle hasn't been the greatest, I don't reckon. Putting the belt on Evil wasn't... I mean, they've built Evil up, but they've already given it back to Naito. So It's always... I don't think... I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like the G1 is the, is the thing that always seems to deliver. I feel like yeah. it... And I don't know whether it's just because it's... The way the way you watch it is cool, you know. What I mean, often it's like three in the afternoon or something, or like, like here, here it's like it's daytime. Yeah. You're watching it, yeah. you know. What I mean, you're watching it live in the daytime right. and stuff like that, and it has a, 
and just the way it's structured is always exciting. So I think the, the good thing is that it's just the format of that show does a lot of work for it. And obviously the names just went out, didn't they? The names just went out for who's going to be I involved. Seen that yet. Yeah. I did see I did see Tama Tonga the tweet like and I think he was obviously taking a piss that I'm not gonna be in the G one, but I didn't realise what that was in relation to. Obviously it's gonna be it's difficult. I'll have to I'll have to have a look. There's no um the big surprise is the big surprise is Will Osprey is there because he was kinda obviously he was like you know, he's he's had a, a bit of a rough year PR wise. Um but Will Osprey's there. They love him over there, Will Osprey. Oh, uh, it's been it's been amazing the last sort of eighteen months and two years. Like from the quad, what's the quad uh, light heavyweight match? What was that? Wrestle Kingdom twelve. I'm, from then onwards, I I'm not his biggest. I'm not his biggest fan. I'm not the. I don't want to get off the fucking uh, Vader about it, but um, <laughs> it does feel a wee bit. I enjoy watching it, but it does feel a wee bit like you're watching a dance to me. It does at some it does at some points, but then when he won the junior heavy when he won the, the super juniors and went into the G one and he had those fights and he started fighting against heavyweights when he won the never open weight. I mean the Kudo Bushi fight wasn't really that sort of fight. His fight against Ishii wasn't that sort of fight. Like I don't I think he's capable of stepping up and dropping a lot of those choreographed sort of moves and starting to put in a bit more of a strong yeah. style move. I think that's where he was headed. That's what was kind of meant the last 18 months or so. But I think it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be good. You get in one block, you've got like Ibushi, you get Suzuki, you get Shingo in one block. It's it's going to be, it's always, you're going to get some great matches. Zack Sabre Jr. I've, I've been a big, I've loved Zack Sabre for, yeah. you know, just yeah, for a, such a long time. And his recent promo work is so good as well. You know what I mean? By the way, his heel work, his heel work's great. Yeah, it's so right. funny. By the way, he's one of the funniest guys ever. Doesn't he follow any wrestlers on Twitter? Fucking secretly deep down hates us all. But what a guy, man! And yeah. I he's fucking great. He's so so funny. So is he is he doing well in New Japan then? I oh I. But he is he who earlier than He's the tag. He's got the tag title. Oh, for me, yeah. the tag I mean, for me, Zack Sabre Jr. is just, you know, he's he's a, a Japanese wrestler, really. You know what I mean? It's like that's his world. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay, oh, turned that down to keep what, doing what he was doing. He was told he would regret it and stuff like that. Have you seen his promo work, Grado? Have you seen no, some I mean, of his, I've never like seen some his, even some of his post-event press conference work and all that? It's brilliant, man. It's brilliant. You know what? I've seen a few of them. They'll very much know that a wrestling promo, and they'll just he's kind of. Is he taking a piss? Just kind of whatever that. Ah, uh, he has that very English kind of like. Yeah, it's like a dismissive yeah. kind of English. It's great, you know what I mean? He's almost like well, a, he's been, he comes across like a heel football manager. Almost, he's got a weird vibe about him. It's great. Um, I don't know if you've known this, but I trained him. I trained him. Trained him a day what? Probably in my top ten. Um, probably my top ten graduates. Would you ever start a wrestling school, Graham? Yes. Me and you could run a wee school together. Me and you. I could teach them how to do comedy. Right. And you could teach them how to do comedy and wrestling. I would just, I would teach them the, I mean, it's been a while. So I'd need to dust off the old, uh, you know, working bits, but I'd teach them the old uh, British style. Um, listen. Maybe I Daniel could come and teach them about CrossFit. Daniel could come and do the Daniel teach them CrossFit. I teach, them, <laughs> I teach them, um, what do you call that, what do you call that, 
what do you call that hanging like Nakamura does if you don't know what it is you can't teach it strong style alright don't show me up here come on to fuck are you teaching them strong, strong style, style. Stuff here, strong style you could teach them chain wrestling you could chain wrestling you call me strong style Steve <laughs> you should do that that should be your new gimmick strong style, style Steve that'd be brilliant Alright, mate. I've always thought that strong style, Steve Lee, for Stevens. Happy, brilliant, man. I've always thought that doing that whole strong style would be fucking easy, man. Just slapping each other to fuck, cut our suplexes here it'd and there, sore, man. It'd be sore, but wouldn't it? Aye, man. I'm fucking yeah. happened. It'd be sore. Right, Daniel. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been great to have somebody right, for Australia. And Daniel, hey. you see that fucking? See if you see that Stephen pulling. Hey, you're walking about fucking Melbourne High Street and he's outside. JD Sports is probably JP Sports early in Norway, doing that in different countries. You tell him he's still fucking oh, pulling my plunger, the cunt Stephen pulling, pulling, fucking tell him he's dead. And if he is dead <laughs> and you pass by his grave at the cemetery, please do apologize for the things Grado said. And there will be a 10 bell salute at the opening class in my wrestling school. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks right. so much for Here's coming. Daniel, thank you. Thank you. You just made the list. It's time now for our list of wrestling daft. Every week we ask you guys to vote on our list of wrestling daft. And this week, we fans putting up posters of a potential Roman Reigns versus The Rock at next year's WrestleMania. <gasps> Imagine we thought we would put Icon against Icon and ask, would you like us to talk about Hulk Hogan's greatest moments? In my notes, it's written as Hulk Higgins' greatest moments. Hurricane Hulk Higgins' greatest moments. Or, or Rick. Flair's greatest moments and we 69% of the vote and let me tell you Rick Flair would like that number 69 it was <laughs> Flair that won it which coincides with the fact that as we record today it's the anniversary of his debut in the WWF and here is my top three Rick Flair moments of all time at number three Rick Flair's initial debut in the WWF when he turned up with the real world champions belt Live and in living color, the greatest world's heavyweight champion in the history of this great sport. And it's my pleasure to introduce, you got it, the real world's champion, Rick Flair. It was on Bobby Heenan's uh, WWF primetime chat show thing and Ric Flair turned up and he had the big belt and I was so excited. And cause, Because here's the thing, see when you're a wee guy, you don't know anything about the fact there's other promotions and all of that, right? All you really know is there's the WWF and here's where the big boys play, right? And you're watching it and then this guy turns up and he goes, no, hold on, everything that you believe isn't true because I'm the real world's champion. No, I don't care who you fucking are. That was that was earth shattering for me. We were we were on school the next day and we were our minds were blown. That guy's the real world champion. He's got the real world title belt. Ric Flair's on there. He's talking about people like Harley Race. He's talking about people that have held the belt before. And we're like, have we just been kidded on here? Like, is Hulk Hogan a fake champion? Is it because that was the reaction at the time? People forget this now. The reaction at the time for young kids was. Have we just been sold a big dummy here? And this guy's actually the real world's champion. And Bobby Heenan's selling it beautifully. That's my number three. Ric Flair's debut in the WWF as the real world's champion. My number two. Now, you could argue, is this 
a Ric Flair moment or is it a Shawn Michaels moment? And it is one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen. It's Ric Flair's retirement match. Oh my God, what a shot! Over 70,000 fans paying their respects to the greatest to ever lace a pair of boots. Shawn Michaels retired Ric Flair with his I'm sorry, I love you. We a great match where Ric Flair still showing that fighting spirit and a body that had aged. What an incredible bit of dramatic storytelling. Two of the greatest to ever dare, two of the greatest to ever lace up boots, telling a story that excited you, thrilled you, frightened you at points, and then moved you to tears at the end. One of the greatest stories ever told in a wrestling ring. Ric Flair's retirement match. I'm sorry, I love you. Sweet chin music. One, two, three, the hug, the moment in the ring, the Ric Flair stoning up, the walkout, and Ric Flair never wrestled again after that match. Ric Flair never fucking wrestled again after that match. Fair enough. Oh, uh, sorry, I, I just thought I was good the way it ended in that. That was good, fair enough. Uh, aye, that's probably my favourite Ric Flair moment, to be honest with you. I'm sorry I love you, even though it was Shawn Michaels. Great match, just the way he's covering an Earl and old biddy, just giving it. Oh, it was brilliant. Superb, man. You can't even beat it. The emotion of that. And my number one moment. I know what it is. I know what it is. I what is it, John? Was it when Ric Flair met Grado in the toilet and Grado said, I'm a mark? <laughs> was it not? Oh, I can't Absolutely it. not. Absolutely not. It wasn't even the time I went up to Ric Flair to tell him how much a fan I was of him and how honoured I was to meet him and he refused to shake my horn and he got two old guys that were sitting with him to come up and tell me to fuck off right he done that with me and then um, and then says I'm not going to shake your horn but I'll kiss the woman you're standing beside brilliant it wasn't even that which was let me tell you it was a moment where I was worked so beautifully by the way he worked me so beautifully because I was unbelievably hurt and offended when he said I'm not shaking your hand. Get this guy out of here. And the guy signed me up and I was so, I was so hurt. I was heartbroken. I was like, this guy's a prick. And then he made the move, doing the kiss and all that and playing the heel. And I went, the fucking guy is giving me, he's giving me the man. He's giving me the gimmick. You know what I mean? Beautiful, beautiful moment. But it's not even that. My number one is what has to be probably one of my greatest memories in wrestling and that was Ric Flair winning the Royal Rumble in 1992 still I think is the greatest Royal Rumble that was ever staged and uh, and I remember watching it with my mates and I've spoken about it before on this podcast and I was supporting Ric Flair and I was wanting Ric Flair to, to win and he came in right at the start of that Rumble and all my mates were all ripping the piss out of me, they were like he's fucking never going to win now, he's an old guy and he came in right at the start, he's never going to win and he hung in and he rolled about and he was a sneaky bastard and he rolled about, rolled about and hung in 
and he fucking won and it was it was unbelievable and also it wasn't just that it was unbelievable and exciting because I was a fan and I was rooting for him it was unbelievable and it was and it was exciting because genuinely as a WWF wrestling fan you were thinking to yourself what's going to happen now what happens now this guy's came in saying he's a real world champion and he's just came in and he just he just took the title it's like what's going to happen now fantastic number one moment Ric Flair won in a Royal Numble 1992 Royal Numble Gredo, you've already said that the Shawn Michaels-Rick Flair match is your favourite. Aye, the Shawn Michaels match, I love that. Um, other Rick Flair top moments. Um, I just, I know this is a bit of a daft one, but no knowing the spoilers and being, you know, right into WCW at the end where he was on, uh, on Bravo with the shorter hair and stuff like that. And then I got tapes from when I was younger, the, 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 the Summer Slam stuff. Um, WrestleMania. What WrestleMania did he wrestle? What was number was that? WrestleMania. Is it eight? Anyway, obviously gone by. Watch that by. And then when um, he came out, um, the night after Survivor Series in two thousand and one, that was a big, big deal. Wow, man! Holy shit! Ric Flair's part of the team. Oh my god! That was that was a, a big, big moment. Obviously, um, as a you know, I don't know if I've told you, but. For a couple of years there, I wrestled for a well-known company out in Asheville, Tennessee. Uh, I did truly enjoy his woo-off, or the, wasn't the woo-off, but the impersonation session by a certain Mr. G. Lethal. Um, that is definitely going to be up there. Um, but probably my number one memory is when he did get fucking deliberate to try and batter my cunt in for telling him I was a mark and all that, and I was in the Lowlanders, and that was Grant Dunbar. <laughs> So, the punters, what have they said? Gavin says my favourite clip of Ric Flair was when he was mid-promo and he took his shoes off, just so he could proclaim to the viewing audience that these shoes cost more than your house. Fraser says his Intercontinental title run in 2005 clearly showed that it mattered to him, even if it wasn't a world title. Prime says if it's no the woo-off, are you even Flair fans? Andy says when he threatened legal action against WWE for their use of the man nickname or when he was in the mental hospital in Nitro. Basically, any time that he sunk to a new low for dollars. Oh, come on, Andy. Fucking Ric Flair we're talking about here. Steve says the infamous Fire Me, I'm Fired promo at Bischoff when the Horsemen reunited in Nitro in 98. That was a great Nitro, that, by the way. Exciting. Nothing fucking came of it. What a garbage. Typical fucking WCW bullshit. Gary says, bittersweet moment, but his entire match with Sean at WrestleMania 24. The emotions in amongst us in the crowd for that match was intense. Gary slipping it in there that he was in the crowd for that match. Just just elegantly just slapping it in, mentioning the match and then going, the emotions in amongst us and the crowd <laughs> for that match. Just slapping it in. I was at it, by the way. Oh, Rab, did you like that match, I? I was fucking at it. But he didn't want to say he was at it. He's just going to go, the emotions uh, in amongst us. us and the crowd for that match was intense. Well played, <laughs> Gary. I like it. Yeah, if I was a list of my favourite three Gary moments. That would be my number one. Max says, the face-off with Jay Lethal and TNA every time he did the flop forward. That's enough TNA shout-outs here in this Ric Flair thing. <laughs> Mark says, Flair versus Orton for da- Taboo Tuesday, probably only because it's one of a few that he's got on DVD. Uh, superb video package summing up the whole Evolution story, a classic steel cage match. Both men bloody brass knuckles, RKO, in the finish with the two showing respect to one another. You genuinely feel there's a good uh, a good relationship between Flair and Orton, didn't you? I, Rich, uh, I think there is. Rich says, as a Flair... Aye, aye. Rich says, as a Flair mark, I'd say um, 
Clash Classic. of Champions 9, Flair versus Funk. I quit match September 9, 1991. He appeared in primetime wrestling. There is a Royal Rumble 92, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. There is Vader versus Flair, Starcade 93. Had you emotionally hooked into the storyline? Rich knows his stuff when it comes to Ric Flair. I did also, I would just like to throw in here, I did love uh, the, the feud he had with Macho Man Randy Savage where he had all the photos he sell, the Photoshop pictures he sell with Elizabeth. Uh, at the pool and all that beautiful bullshit stuff. Paul says, Rick versus Mr. Perfect on Raw in 1993. Loser leaves town match. Wrestling guilty pleasure of mine and probably the most underrated flair match. Very, very difficult match for me to watch. That Why? 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 Aye. Because you love them both. Because I love Rick Flair and I love Mr. Perfect. I've never seen that match. I may watch that tonight. Spray Paint Scott says, when he got left in Dublin for kicking off in the TNA tour after demanding pay, refused to go on the bus and left shouting boo at the window. Is that true? Well, um, come on, Gredo. Is it true? I don't know what it was. He, he asked for a couple of grand and he never got it. This was around about the same time as well. He fucking he had a thing with high spots as well. There was a kind of strimage with the belt. He had like the original NW title or original big gold belt and he kind of pawned it with high spots, high spots, and he kind of fucked them over with that. That was around about this time when he was a bit. Mental, but that Dublin thing would have been like the day after Glasgow, so it probably was on Imagine after meeting me, so it's very believable. Could be. And John says Royal Rumble 1992. Such an epic moment for Flair. And also the farewell ceremony and Rotty one of the best ever to step into the ring. Even shed a few tears. Wrestling Daft Melch. You want Wrestling Daft Melch? You got it. You can get a Wrestling Daft t shirt, hoodie, phone cover, trucker cup, or one of our very own Grado inspired bum bags. At shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. On there you'll find such designs as Alexa, who's Graham Steveley? I'm a Mark Crud, Chips, Cheese, and Donami, and I'm a wrestler today. And you can even get a face mask to wear in the shops, which we and me and Rab initially buried and thought that uh, John was an absolute fucking sycophant. Uh, face masks are now the, the fair, well, they can save your lives, but they're very popular amongst. World. Uh, so check out the range at amongst the world. Check out the range at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft now. Check out the links on our Facebook or Twitter at wrestling daft. I would like to see something in a wrestling daft face mask, so tweet me one. Get it shown as men. It's that point in the show where we jump into the wrestling daft Lorian. Half Lorian. And say, great Scott. We need to think of something better there. We don't say great Scott. What do we say? We I don't say, know. But we say my... great Scott the Butcher Renwick. Mate, it's funny you're saying Scott the Butcher Renwick, but I remember my first ever SC, my first kind of indie Scottish wrestling show. It was in Linwood. It was Drew Galloway's first match against Conscience. And there was a guy there called the great Scott McKenzie, right? He was called the great Scott <laughs> McKenzie. And man, honestly, man, this guy was absolutely humming a B.O. man, right? But he had about 20 folk for his family in the crowd. But at this point, I didn't know his family. I thought it was his fan base, man. I was like, Aye. this is the guy. I was like... He's the real deal. That's this he is great. Guy, I want to be the next great Scott McKenzie. I would like to know where he is. If you're listening to the show, great Scott McKenzie, he's a shout. It is mental. Sorry for saying you're B.O., but it was my mom's words. Shannon. I would like to... It would be great to track down some of the SWA boys who maybe only wrestling anymore. It would be good, good to... Shout. It'd be good to track him, track him down. I mean, I, had, my, my, I gave Damo his first match. He's like fucking big in America. And all that. I'm telling him what to do and all that shit. Fucking, no, listen, mate. And I always remember him his first match going, 
I think we've planned too much. I think we've planned too much. I'll take care of you, Biggin. <laughs> anyway, we'll come back to this. It'll be good to we'll do, do that again, mate. We'll we do should that. do an SWA retrospective sometime. Anyway, uh, the retro review. Last week I picked out WrestleMania 20. It took place on March 14th, 2004, Madison Square Garden. The event grossed. $2.4 million in ticket sales. That day I was when it grade. I'd sort us oh, out when you worry about this fucking... I'd keep us going for a couple of months. I would keep us going. Uh, so we go to some pointers to watch this show. Um, it's, a, it's a very, very long show, by the way, so I'm not going to redo all the match results. Nah, let's just go to what the punter says. Did you watch it, Gredo? No, mate, but I'm interested oh, to see what... right, Okay, let's see what the punter says. Steven said, one of my favourite WrestleManias. You're very welcome, mate. Best part was the return of the Dead Man Undertaker. Too right. Paul Bearer coming out and saying... Paul Beater. <laughs> He's fucking Paul Beater. <laughs> Paul Beater. <laughs> Paul Beater coming out and saying, oh, yes. Then Kane, no believing, Taker was real. Cena versus Show was a great opener. Definitely a good step in Cena's ladder at the top. This is all Steven saying this. Jericho versus Christian, love the Trish turn. Evolution versus Rotten Sock, just fun all round. Goldberg versus Lesnar. So I love bad. that. That's, yeah, hold on. That's just like, um, that's just a pure, um, you know what I mean? Where you can it was just fun all round. <laughs> Didn't he watch it? Was follow fast forward the past, fun all round. Uh, ben Juan Guerrero bit at the end after the triple threat was such a good moment. Crazy to think both would be gone in the next few years after this in very different circumstances. A very sober ending there from Stephen. Scott <laughs> says, this is the hang about this pay-per-view. Doesn't matter how much you enjoy it. The ending's a fucking downer, isn't it? Scott says, still raging at my mate coming in for me after school when I was only at the Brock versus Goldberg match and spoiling the rest of the show. <laughs> Fraser says, re-watching it, you forget how over John Cena was on his way to the top. Plus, it should always be the FU and know the AA. Too right, man. Too right. Attitude adjustment. No thank you. The FU is what it is. Also, hearing Benoit's music with the lyrics, I'm not driven by fear. I'm just driven by anger. Seems to have an added sense of meaning in retrospect. Overall, though, a good mania, even if the legacy of it is tarnished a bit. Andy says, it's the first pay-per-view I'd ever watched. The main event is still an absolute banger. I love Kane Taker. Eddie Kurt is really good. And Goldberg Lesnar is hilarious. Agreed. Is. Agreed. Goldberg Lesnar is just... That's brilliant. Fucking oh, unreal, man. I love it. I'm just... The, oh, man, it's unreal. Fucking brilliant, isn't it? Ian says, I've got a WrestleMania 20 program signed by Jim Ross and Mick Foley. Can remember the hype when I was a kid at school, Undertaker returning at this WrestleMania. Didn't watch it live, but my friend Kevin Addison, shout out to Big Kev, he taped it, and I got a shot of the VHS the next day. <laughs> shout out to Big, Big Kev, but do you know what I must admit with the Undertaker one? The only thing I didn't like about Undertaker coming back was he had a bob, man. I don't think hair extensions were the craze back then. Do you know what I mean? Aye, aye, aye. He had a bob, man. And uh, David says... UFC gloves, I can't. David says, I didn't watch the Cena vs. Show match for a decade because my uncle, who was taking it off Sky Sports, got steaming in the pub and came home half an hour into the show. <laughs> so I just want to quickly talk about this event. I think it's a really, really, really good pay-per-view. Really solid, loads of fucking mental stuff. Obviously, you get ridiculous stuff like the evening gown match and all that, but it's like old school, you know, old school trashy WWF. And that Goldberg Lesnar match is just astonishing. And you can see, I like watching that Goldberg Lesnar match, Grado. That's and, a lot. And just looking at Stone Cold. I like watching it and looking at Stone Cold because Stone Cold is uh, inside his body, Stone Cold is fucking having the time of his life, by the way. I just watching these two guys getting fucking shot on. He's loving it. He's loving it. It's hilarious, man. It's hilarious to watch. Um, 
the Guerrero and Angle match, I really love. I've said that before. Yeah, I, again, I still can't go how Eddie Guerrero wore ankle soaks. But then I started doing it because I seen him doing that. So there you go. So you West, everything has its lineage. Um, and I think I like that Christine and Jericho match. There's a lot to like in this pay-per-view. And, I've, and the triple threat match is great as well at the end. And at, at the time, I just want to say, at the time, it was such a feel-good finish. Seeing the two best friends, Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero in the ring, celebrating the two of them at the at the top of the mountain together at WrestleMania, at the biggest show that there could be. Um, what a feel good moment that was for 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 wrestling fans, yeah. for they guys, how hard they worked, and for wrestling fans. Um, and all I can do is really repeat what Stephen said that. It's crazy to think both would be gone in the next few years after this in very different circumstances. <laughs> That's it for this week's show. Oh, hold on, Grado. What are we uh, watching next week, mate? Ah, fuck it. Take a week off. Give <laughs> <laughs> something to watch. Watch Lair watching Lair Cake. Watch Lair Cake. Please, can that be your thing? Everybody can watch. Everybody watch Lair Cake, right? We'll watch Lair Cake. Everybody watch Lair Cake. Fair enough. Where can we? Can we? Oh, we'll find it. We'll find it. That's it for this week's show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or Get us wherever you get your podcast. Here, here, I'll tell you an interesting story about Lair Cake. One sec. Do you know um, that as Lair Cake is the one we think me in it, right? Daniel Craig. No, just Daniel Craig. Also. Oh my god, maybe I'm wrong. Do you know who's in it? Um, what do you call him? Fucking for, for Brookside. Trevor Dodd. No, no. Sienna Miller, right? That's what I was talking about. That's who it is. Sienna Miller, that. Yeah, I'm not really good with the bird actors. Sienna Miller, that. Mike actress. Johnson. Mike Johnson's in it. Sienna Miller, the actress, right? Who um, is in Lair Cake. Uh, I can't remember who she plays in Lair Cake, right? But she's in that. But me and Ian Connell were um, for a period. Developing a, a sitcom uh, where me and Ian would have played Sienna Miller's bodyguards. No way. How'd that go? It's a wee bit uh, well, oh, I'll tell you what happened. It was, in, it was in development, it was in early development. Um, me and Connell would have been Sienna Miller's Scottish bodyguards moving through this kind of celebrity scene in London and stuff like that. Would have been fucking dynamite, and that then David Jason did a show called The Royal Bodyguard, which is about the Queen's bodyguard, and who I think we get binned because it was like it was already a sitcom about a bodyguard, and it was fucking rotten. Uh, David, no disrespect to the great David Jason, but that show was rotten. I would actually like to hear you do a podcast one day about all the shit that Connell probably <laughs> pitched in all your days and how far it got to and what happened. Oh, in- you wouldn't believe it, mate. That's some stories oh, to tell you, mate. I bet you have, mate. It would be really, really interesting. Channel, four, Channel 4 sketch shows with Kyle and Ogan on it. All sorts of mad stuff, mate. All sorts of failures, mate. All sorts of failures I could tell you about. It's a shame you spell it, man, but I. It's a shame. It's a shame we turned on each other. It's a shame. The thing about me and Ian Connell is, right, this is the thing about me and Ian Connell's career. It was crazy to think that both would be gone in the next few years after this. In very different circumstances. Thanks for oh, listening, everybody. 
Please remember now we go twice a week so you can catch us on a Friday in the March podcast and a Tuesday where this week you can hear Chris Jericho oh, laddie da chatting about Brock Lesnar and his thoughts on the Thunderdome. Or the, or, or the Thunderdome is written here. Come on. Oh, here. Sorry. Also, remember to get on our Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft to check out the video version. And why not buy yourself a wee t-shirt? Shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Get your t-shirts in. Get them ready for this big next, for the big Christmas lockdown. Get yourself listen ready. Of the week. Are you going to listen to the week? Uh, it's going to be the Benoit guy. Oh, Stephen. Stephen's ah. a listener of the week. Oh, definitely. Ah, definitely. For bringing us bringing that somber moment. Uh, Stephen, you are a listener of the week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Grado, I shall sell, mate. Up the road. 11. See you next 11. Week. 11. See you next week. 11. See you next week. I shall sell. I shall sell. Uh, no, I mean, up this road. Audio Frontier. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.